Hey everybody, I'm Dr. Andy Work, and this is the Cone of Shame Veterinary Podcast. Guys, it's time to do something a little different than worry about uh, coronavirus. If you are worried about that, if you're trying to figure out what to do with your practice, uh, check out the Uncharted Veterinary Podcast. Our last two episodes have been on that topic in preparing your hospital and preparing yourself. And so head over to Uncharted Veterinary Podcast, wherever you got this podcast, and you can find our comprehensive guides and discussions there, which are super action-oriented and helpful. I think many of us are ready for a break. I think that we would like to control the things that we can control. I think that we would like to expand our minds by learning and going on with some sense of normalcy. And for that reason, I am so happy to bring you this episode. One of my favorite guests, Ingrid Johnson, who is a certified cat behavior consultant through the International Association of Animal Behavior Consultants, is back with us. She has one of our most popular episodes that we've ever done, which is the Scarf and Barf Cat. If you're a cat person and you have not checked that episode out, I highly recommend it. She is uh, employed at Paws, Whiskers, and Claws, a feline-only veterinary hospital, and has been working exclusively with cats since 1999. She also has a website called foodpuzzlesforcats.com and fundamentally feline is where you can find her online. And that's also one of her websites where she has great educational content. Guys, without further ado, Ingrid Johnson. How do you treat that? This is your show. We're glad you're here. We want to help you in your veterinary career. Welcome to the Cone of Shame with Dr. Andy Rourke. How are you? I'm doing well. How's it going over there? It's going as well as we can uh, as we can hope, I think. So yeah, well, hey, let's uh, let's play some How Do You Treat That? All right, let's get to it. Cool. I have got a uh, three-year-old male neutered tabby cat that is showing some intercat aggression and also peeing outside the litter box. Okay. And, and when I get in and I ask a little bit about the situation, we've got three or four cats in the house and uh, two litter boxes that are side-by-side side next to the dryer in the laundry room. And so there, he's having accidents. Uh, he's just peeing elsewhere in the house. So what are your initial thoughts? How do you treat that? So many thoughts. So, of course, first and foremost, we have got to rule out medical. Because even okay. if it's not, you know, a bacterial infection, which is less common in the young males, it could be urinary cystitis due to stress. But... Mm-hmm. Um, getting to the management of the litter box issues, um, there should be one more litter box location than there are cats in the home. So even if there's 10 litter boxes in that laundry room, we're not doing the cats any favors. And so the rule of thumb that's often published is one more litter box than there are cats in the home. But I say one more litter box location than there are cats in the home. Because that... it implies that they need to be spread out and they can't all be in one room. I think one big problem that a lot of people make is creating a cat room that has food, water, and litter in it and expecting the cats to love being in there. And it's just a room full of dust. 
where they're forced right. to go to eat and pee. So in this particular case, laundry rooms are a terribly scary place to have litter boxes. <laughs> they like yeah. to feel safe, you know, when they come and go. And it's yeah. loud in there. It's yeah. can smell funny with all the soaps and perfumes and fragrances. And we also have to consider that that's one way in, one way out. It's a dead-end location, and it's the only place in the house for all four cats to go to the bathroom. That's too much competition. Yeah. No, that that totally makes I love I love your anti-cat room stance. I think that makes a lot of sense. And uh and the laundry room, we know why people put their litter boxes in there. You know what I mean? It's the it's the room that nobody sees when they come to visit. It's out of the way. It's it's like right. you said, it's a dead-end location. All the reasons that cats don't like it is the exactly. reason they're like, this is perfect for cats. Yep, they we really set them up to fail as humans. We make them comply to a very human world, and and from our perspective, we just think they're using the toilet, and they're not. You know, they're they're communicating. So we need to spread out their ability to communicate throughout the house because we have to appeal to three or four different personalities in this particular scenario. We also have to remember that cats like to urinate in one location and defecate in a completely different place. So we have to spread it out just to give them a chance to engage in their normal behaviors. Yeah. And then competition for basic needs like food, water, and litter is one of the most common reasons we have aggression problems in the home. So making everyone share, somebody's going to sit outside the laundry room door and smack everyone else in the face as they come and go. And that's called right. resource guarding. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna guard the cat door into the laundry room and just yeah. fend everyone else off. Yeah. I think that there can be a time and a place for a cat door, but I think that we have to remember that that cat door is general is basically in that scenario an entranceway like a hooded litter box would be to the hooded litter box. It's just a giant hooded litter box inside the laundry room. Right. So the cats can't see as they come and go. It's right. No. I no, I, I think I think that makes a lot of sense. I think a lot about the hooded litter box. Um I guess my first question is usually, well, do you, you know, do you have dog I always think of dogs causing that stress i think it's important to remember that other cats can definitely cause that stress just from a from a research guarding an ambush sort of uh position and if there were dogs in the home the really nice solution for that would be a baby gate across that door that was yeah. you know lattice or slatted so that the cats had full view when they were coming and going and i personally like to lift the baby gates up off the floor a little bit if the dogs are decent in size so the cats can scooch under the gates hop the gates, or if it's slatted, they can go through the slats. They have lots of options as to how they're going to enter and exit, not just that little teeny tiny hole. That's a great, that's a great tip. Oh yeah. I, I like that a lot. So what do we say? Um, you know, this is the part where, where best practice runs into reality. Sometimes, you know, if we've got somebody and they have three cats and they live in a one bedroom apartment, are we still saying to them you should have four litter boxes or do we back off of that uh, and just sort of say we've got a fairly small. It's one thing if I got three cats in a three story house. Right. And it's different if I have three cats in a one bedroom apartment. Does that change the way you look at this or do you still advocate just as strongly in the one bedroom apartment? So I do advocate just as strongly because I'm right. a shoot for stars kind of person mm -hmm. and try to achieve as close to it as we can. So. If that one-bedroom apartment family is not having any problems and we can find room for three boxes for three cats, well, that's pretty good. Yep. And we've got to spread them out. That means you might have a litter box in your living room, a litter box in your laundry area or bathroom, and in your bedroom. Yeah. What you know? um, What kind of litter boxes do you like? 
What do you What are your so, recommendations? The owner says, "Oh well, I'm gonna have to go buy two more litter boxes. What's the best kind? What do you say?" So the very best kind, in my opinion, are the giant, the bigger the better, large clear storage tote boxes, and you'll see them on my website. Um, for locals here in Atlanta, I actually provide the service of cutting the entrance and opening to these litter boxes for people because there's such high wall that you have to cut a, like a U-shaped opening for the cats to enter and exit. Um, it's basically just a big storage tote, like from Sterilite or Rubbermaid or you can get it at you know, Lowe's or Home Depot. But I have a specific one that I love, um, that I can send people a link to. Yeah, we'll put it. Out. We'll put it in the. We'll put it in the description for the podcast so people can get it easily. But um, okay. j- just go ahead and shout out your website real, really quickly. We um, we we talked about it in the scarf and barf cats episode. Um, I got a lot of great feedback uh, from people who reached out to you. What uh, so where can uh, where can they go and look and see what you're talking about? So my website is fundamentallyfeline.com, and there's a couple resources to point them to. If you go to the education page, there's a three-part series called Litter Boxes Get the Scoop, parts one, two, and three. Okay. And um, they, you know, we discuss how many boxes, where they should be placed, how you should clean them, what you should fill them with, how to deal with handicapped cats, seniors, arthritic, declawed, all the all types of handicap. Um, and then I also have on my how-to videos page. Uh, how to video and how to cut the opening to these litter boxes so that you can do it yourself if you're not local and you don't, you know, can't sure. utilize my services. Sure. Um, so the re- reason I like these boxes is because you have the function of a hooded litter box without the hood. These boxes are about 22 inches tall. Yeah. So the cats can't pee and poop over the side. They can't dig and dig and dig and spill the litter everywhere. Everything stays contained. So now the humans are more likely to want to keep that box in a place where maybe they wouldn't consider having it before. Yeah. Um, And then just one, I I always, you know, I try to set the example. I really try to lead by example in in my own home. When we had 16 cats, Mm -hmm. um, we had a 12, we we live in a 1250 square foot home in downtown Atlanta. Um, I had 13 litter boxes, which I think is pretty damn good for a 12 square foot house. We were filmed for Animal Planet. We were in Cat Fancy Magazine. We hosted dinner parties. We had Thanksgiving dinner here. You know, I mean, 12 years I managed that volume of cats and the house is very, very clean. So I think one point that I want to make is that if you have lots of boxes and they're really spread out and you scoop them every day, you don't have an odor problem because it's not like you walk past this room and you get like hit with pee and poop smell. Yeah. Because it's all concentrated in one area. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Let's Spread talk about uh, let's talk about cleaning uh, litter boxes. What advice do you give to cat owners as far as keeping cat uh, keeping litter boxes clean, cleaning schedules, things like that? Twice a day, ideal. Once a day is great. Skipping is going to lead to problems. Cats don't want to use an unflushed toilet. Yep. Um, be mindful of the cleaners that you use. Cats do not like the smell of citrus. And a lot of people want to use like their, you know, yes. lemon scented dish soap. Yep, totally. You know, or or, um, or some of the, the wipes now, like the Clorox wipes or the natural right. clean wipes will be citrus uh, citrus yeah. scented. If there were any left on the shelves and yes. you used orange wipe, <laughs> then <laughs> that would be a negative. <laughs> Ask me why I'm aware of the smell of wipes right now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yes, yeah, citrus is my favorite amongst the uh, l- disinfectants. 
<laughs> um, but uh, I like to try to stick with, you know, if we're going to share our species with this, or our home with this species, I feel like we should be mindful of the scents we bring into the home, from candles to carpet fresh to cleaners. So I love citrus, whether it's a hand sanitizer or not. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't have citrus in the house. I just right. don't. I, I'd use yeah. lavender. Cats like okay. to smell lavender. I use um, unscented, of course. Yep, totally. Um, Whenever we can find it, yeah. I'll give a little shout out to the company um, Method, which you can easily purchase at like Target and Home Depot. They're non-animal tested. They're biodegradable, environmentally friendly. I mean, I'm all about not buying Formula 409 because it's shoved yep. down bunnies' throats. So, you know, let's buy some good ethical products. And it comes in nice fragrances like cucumber. Yeah. Those are nice basil. They Those do have they do have the lavender as well. Yeah. Yeah. We use a lot of method stuff. I like their hand soap. We actually ordered online and use the yeah. the non-scented stuff. So that's uh that's a go-to for us as well. But yeah, you can definitely find their cleaning products uh, also. Another good point that a lot of people don't know, and I do mention this in my litter boxes get the scoop series, is um that litter boxes should be replaced about every two years. Okay. They're plastic, they're porous. The cat's nails scratch the lining of the box. The litter granules scratch the lining of the box. Your scrubby pad, when you scrub it out, scratches it up. And mm -hmm. it eventually starts to harbor more odors and more bacteria. So I like to Sharpie date the bottom of my totes. Okay, so that, that makes you sense. When, you, when you've replaced them. Yeah, no, that's that's a great idea. Yeah, you it's it, time kind of runs together and you think, oh, I'll remember. Like, no, you won't. No. Uh, you're not going to remember to replace six litter boxes or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that totally makes sense. Oh, that's a great idea. Uh, give me the 411 real fast on cat litter. Um, while we're going through everything, we talked about cleaning. Yeah. What do you? What advice are you giving to, to cat owners on picking a cat litter? They're like, I don't know. I mean, maybe she doesn't even like this kind or maybe he's... He's picky. I don't know. What are your what are your getting started tips? So the quick answer is soft, clumping, unscented. Okay. Cats generally like the softest textures they can feel. We talked about in one of the other episodes, feet are one of the most sensitive parts of their body. So generally they don't like walking on shards of crystals. They don't like walking on the hard nuggets, the pine and the tidy cat breeze system pellets and all that kind of stuff keeps me in a job. Mm -hmm. So soft, unscented, and clumping is generally your rule. But I like to let the cats make a decision. You know, all you're doing is scooping it and pouring it into the pan. You don't have to experience it in such an intimate way the way the cats do. They have to walk on it. They have to dig. They have to groom whatever dust off their bodies when they exit the box. They spend a lot more time intimately with that litter than we do. So why sure. should we choose it? So when my clients are having a litter box problem, I actually walk them through an experiment that allows the cats to make a behavioral choice and we give them what they ask for. And I will tell you that probably a little bit more than 50% of the time, they choose one substrate for urine and one substrate for feces, which is mm. really fascinating to me. And if you, if you think about the cats outdoors, you know, they could pee in the kid's sandbox in the backyard and go poop in pine straw in the woods. And inside we're like, here you go. Hope you like it. Yeah. And then we ab abruptly change it when something's on sale. And that is one of the most stressful things you can do to your cat is simply switch their litter just for fun. That yeah. is not fun to them. Yeah, it's funny. We just don't think, or pet owners specifically don't, just don't think about how earth-shattering that would be. It really is. It's it's like us having to change brands of toilet paper, which right now we're going to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it, a big deal. Yeah. Oh, it is a big deal. Um, paper litter. Do you have a, do you care? Um, is it, um, do you put it into the trials and see what they think? Um, 
that like versus some of the more newspaper exactly right. Yeah, specifically. No, because I don't recommend it because most cats hate it. You the really you just haven't pellets. found a lot of cats that really like yeah. it. The pellets, yeah. 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 So I tell people that if they if they want to experiment with something alternative like that, or if we have a cat that has shown a preference for some sort of odd texture, fine. But generally, I give them a series of soft choices because that's usually what they want. Now, sometimes we'll offer some alternatives like some grass based litters, um, puppy pads. If they want to pee in a puppy pad, I'll take it, you know, versus using nothing at all and just peeing yeah. on the carpet. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, but um, for the most part, I stick with soft, so Perfect. no pellets. Great. I'll go talk to them, and we'll see if we can get some more litter boxes and uh, maybe get some storage bins that got some holes in them. I'll put the link to your website down below. Where can people find you if they have uh, questions or if they want more information or they want to know more about what you do? So they can um, go to fundamentallyfeline.com. I have a contact page there, so they can pop me an email. Um, they can visit me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and check out my YouTube channel. Awesome. Thanks, Ingrid. I really appreciate your time. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. And that is our episode. Guys, I hope it was helpful. I hope it gave you something neat to think about and gave you some pearls, little words of wisdom that you can use with cats. I'm off to look at some of these bins for litter boxes because that was something I took away from this. I got to check that out. Guys, have a wonderful, wonderful week. Gang, be safe. Take care of yourself. Wash your hands. Make smart choices. Don't lose your compassion. We can help other people while being cautious and taking care of ourselves first. Be well. Know that you're important. Know that you matter. Know that you are not going to be able to work as fast as you usually do or do as many things as you usually do. Just let it go. Be gentle with yourself and be gentle with other people. Take care, gang. Bye.